0: when I got inventory back and I was starting to sell. That ended up catching the attention of a Shark Tank producer who then reached out via email and encouraged us to audition for the show. And that strong community that I had built not only gave me credibility when I went on the show, that after the show, all those people were so excited to continue to follow our journey and support. I will emphasize till I'm blue in the face, building a community is so important when you're building a brand and not just looking at bottom
1: dollar and bottom line. When you first start a company or launch a product, you always have big dreams. You picture the massive deals, the millions in revenue, the corner offices, and hiring a huge team. But before any of that happens, you have to take the steps to actually get there and live in the real world. Do the hard work, often year-long work on the ground proving your concept, talking to anyone who's willing to give you feedback, and knocking on doors to try to make a single sale. Kelly Higney trotted that path. In fact, she got her start selling her product at her daughter's bake sale. Her fellow moms were her beta testers, and they were also the wellspring of feedback and proof of concept she needed to bring her product to the next level and to those great heights most people dream of. Kelly is the founder and CEO of Bug Bite Thing, a safe, chemical-free solution for stopping a reaction to bug bites in their tracks. Today, Bug Bite Thing is available in more than 25,000 stores and has the backing of Shark Tank shark Lori Greiner, who even gave Kelly her famous golden ticket when Kelly appeared on the show. And on this episode of Up Next in Commerce, Kelly broke down all of the hurdles she had to overcome to reach that point. She discusses the strategies she used to protect her brand before even going into distribution. And she talks about the importance of community and feedback. Plus, stick around to hear how she and Lori work together and the best advice she's given her. Enjoy. Really quick, I want to say thank you, thank you to our awesome sponsor, Salesforce Commerce Cloud. And I'm going to allow them to give you the inside scoop into some of the findings from their most recent state of commerce report.
0: Hi, this is John from Salesforce. Did you know that companies of all sizes and industries power their digital customer journeys with Commerce Cloud? Salesforce Commerce Cloud delivers B2B and B2C commerce, as well as order management around the globe. And with Commerce Cloud, you can engage with your customers anywhere and personalize interactions everywhere. Scale and innovate with ease and drive some serious growth for your business. And speaking of innovation, we recently surveyed nearly 1,400 commerce leaders and analyzed the consumer shopping and business buying behavior of more than 1 billion customers worldwide. And we uncovered emerging trends that will influence how companies can be successful and stay ahead in this ever-evolving landscape. To check out the trends we discovered, go to sfdc.co slash commerce insights. That's sfdc.co slash commerce insights, one word.
1: Before we dive into this episode, I was hoping you could please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It helps spread the word about the show, and I would really love it. So please let me know how I'm doing and give me a rating, give me a review, let us know. All right, enjoy the episode. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Up Next in Commerce. I'm your host, Stephanie Postals, CEO at Mission. Today on the show, we have Kelly Higney, who's the CEO and founder of Bug Bite Thing. Kelly, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me on, Stephanie. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I'm super excited because I've now been using Bug Bite Thing, which is something I had not even heard of. Yay! I, I've been using it now for about two months, I think, since you guys sent it to us. So I have three boys that are under the age of four. Yeah. And literally getting eaten up in Texas all day long. Oh, yeah. And when you sent this, at first I was like, it was like a plunger. I didn't know what to do with it. And now it's like an everyday use, whether the kids have bug bites or not, they walk around with like suctions all over their cheek and arms. And oh, no. it's like a toy <laughs> along with like, actually very, very helpful. We're finding a lot of common
0: uses for it that our customers are telling us the oh, feedback yeah. from. So. Oh yeah, I mean, my
1: three-year-old was going to bed with it for a few days oh, there. I was I like, that. okay, that's fine. But with that, I mean, I'm giving all the kudos. I want you to kind of explain what is bug bite thing because I'm not sure if my description sure. was good enough.
0: Yeah. So bug bite thing is a suction tool. The science behind a bug bite is when an insect bites or stings you, what they're actually doing is they're injecting their saliva or venom just under the surface of the skin. This is in, in the case of certain insects like mosquitoes, bees, wasps, and ants. In turn, your own body produces a reaction to that irritant under the skin, which causes the itching, the swelling, the uncomfortable symptoms. So our product bug bite thing is a little lightweight suction tool fits in your purse, your glove box. Um, and when you get a bug bite, you literally place the tool over a bite, apply a little pressure and you slowly pull up on the handles. And what that does is creates a suction or a vacuum effect. And that irritant is brought to the surface of the skin or into the removable end cap. You hold in place 10 to 15 seconds, release those handles by pushing them back down. And you're ready to go. You can repeat as necessary until you get the relief you need. Essentially, the feedback that we get from our customers who react so severely to bug bites, you know, golf ball size welts, um, which was very similar to how I got involved in this, was my daughter personally suffers. And it's it's a game changer for them. I'll give an example for me, how I even got involved in this. My daughter, we had relocated from San Diego to South Florida and Didn't even realize how bad the mosquitoes were going to affect our quality of life. We were literally avoiding the outdoors because my young daughter was six months old at the time. One bite would turn into a golf ball size well, and we would be at the doctor by the end of the week on antibiotics because of a skin infection from the bite. And when we weren't, I was literally pasting cream and cream and cream on her. She's a baby. She's putting things in her mouth. I almost started to feel guilty for how much cream I was putting on her just to keep the swelling down so I didn't have to take her and get her on antibiotics, which wasn't any better. So we were avoiding the outdoors. And I started doing some research because nothing here in the United States was working. And I stumbled across um, a suction tool that was being sold through some industrial first aid kits. And I said, the premise, the science and the premise behind it was, again, it removes the irritant. So you don't produce those reactions. Didn't think much of it because if it worked, it would be here everywhere. Mainstream ordered one in and literally got a bite on the way to the mailbox, tried it. And all the itching, all the pain, all the swelling was completely gone. And I was shocked. And um, it was a personal thing for me because it was me having to see my daughter suffering. So I started trying it on her and all of her reactions were just being eliminated. So I'm like, I couldn't get it out of my head. I'm like, why is this not here? This is helping me. There's other families that are dealing with the same thing. So I come from a long line of entrepreneur women. Uh, My mom and my grandmother are business owners. So I enlisted the help of my mom, (laughs) who I was actually working for at the time um, through her distribution company. And we ended up tracking down the factory who was producing the product um, through the industrial first aid kits. And I said, I want to launch this here in the US. We, you know, the product is amazing. It could help so many people. It's chemical free, which was really important to me and my family. So we pitched him and um, he gave us a shot. At the time, I was able to land the exclusive distribution rights for the United States. So I branded it and I literally started in my own backyard selling them at my daughter's bake sales. (laughs) Wow.
1: How many did you order and what did it look like in those early days? I mean, I'm guessing you had to educate, convince, really, you know, tell people like, this is the way. Yeah. So my
0: early experiences with the product and the brand and when this all kind of came to I kind of take it in two phases. So the first phase was testing my proof of concept because I couldn't go all in at that time. I was still working part-time. I ordered very, very small, like I'm talking 500 units. They were samples at this point. I was testing them. I was selling them at my daughter's bake sales. That was so monumental in gathering information for what I now know for the growth of bug bite thing. By being there in the trenches, listening to the consumer feedback, how was I pitching it to them? How was I explaining the concept behind the product? You know, how I just explained it to you is that was four years of compiling information to be able to explain it in a way people understand. But, you know, there's science behind the product. That was monumental for me um, to really get the feedback I needed. And when I started getting tracked down in the parking lot during non-bake sale days, That's when I knew I really had proof of concept. And at that time is when my husband and I, this was my crossroads, um, made the very difficult decision. I backed out of my mom's company and we decided, I decided to go all in. We sold our house because I wasn't going to risk our stability and our nest egg that we had worked our whole lives for. (laughs) I purchased 10,000 units with the money from the sale of the house. And I had a little teeny cushion left over in case. It didn't take off the way I had hoped. And we moved into a rental house and I launched it. I created a dot-com. I started teaching myself social media marketing. I took Udemy courses. I had virtually no background in uh, digital marketing, but it was the consumer. The whole time it was the consumer. Our company has been um, consumer-focused since the beginning because I didn't have a lot of funds or money to invest in mainstream marketing. So for me, my angle was how do I build a community of people that can tell other people about this and educate the market that there's a new product that's chemical-free, that has science, that eliminates the problem instead of masking it over and over with creams. You know, if you remove the irritant and it's out, then your body doesn't produce those reactions. It's, it's different than masking the symptoms after the fact to keep you comfortable. Yeah. So there was a lot of educating that went into place. And we started getting a lot of traction um, on a smaller level. I'll never forget. I had launched it. It was about a month. I had ordered my first batch of inventory. I had created so much buzz around the mom groups. And somebody ended up talking about me in, the mom, in a mom group, in a local mom group. And it caught the attention of a producer, not a producer, somebody, a show, somebody at the news. Mm-hmm. I think it might've been a producer. It was CBS 12 news. They ended up coming out to my rental house. And they did a whole story on me and my product. It was just a local news station. It was Mother's Day weekend. And the next day, about 30 news stations from around the US picked up the story and they all syndicated it. I sold out of all of my inventory, the 10,000 units in a week. And that was my first taste of, okay, people just needed to know, understand what it is, what it did, and the science behind it. And then it became almost like an impulse purchase. So once I got a little bit of that feedback, because again, I'm paying attention to our consumer, that's when all the feedback and the reviews and the testimonials and um, the questions, we got a really good taste of that all
1: at one time. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's really awesome and exciting. So when you were building up the company, I also read that you were staying out of distribution. You're creating this like Brand protection program Mm -hmm. to protect the brand. You didn't want to, you know, become the next copycat or have a bunch of copycats. What did it look like? Like, how did you even know to think that way? And what did you do to really protect the brand in those early days?
0: Yeah, I feel very thankful that I had grown I I grew up in in business. I mean, my mother was an entrepreneur. Um, I also uh, my husband used to work for a larger consulting company. So just being in the mix of all of it, we watched. I I grew up watching all the issues that happen with distribution and. It was really important because I didn't have a lot of funds to start the business. So I wanted to make sure that the price integrity, because it was an under under $10 product, our products made in, in Europe, we have crazy regulations, CE certifications at the factory level, um, our products made out of medical grade plastic, it's recyclable. There's so many different components when you're dealing with medical device that I wanted to make sure that we can keep the integrity of the pricing consistent. So distribution is a dangerous game, um, especially if you're not prepared. It's not a matter of if it happens, it's a matter of when it happens. You're going to, if you have a successful business model, you're going to get the copycatters, you're going to get the knockoffs. And it's your job to figure out early on, how do I protect my brand? How do I protect the pricing integrity? And there's programs available. Amazon has many free programs that you can enlist in and enroll in Project Zero, a brand registry. Do your research at the beginning to protect yourself. And some of these programs, so for example, for us, we have unique barcodes on all of our product. We're able to whitelist sellers on Amazon. So we don't have that additional competition on our ASIN, which has, I believe now over 43,000 reviews.
1: Oh, so a lot of times when a brand launches, it can have a barcode that's shared with others and you can't really protect like who's launching under there. Tell me a bit more about that.
0: So Amazon has multiple programs. One of them is called the Transparency Program. So if you can get in, this really has to do with counterfeiters and people that are knocking your product off and confusing the market that they're buying your brand, your product, and it's not your brand or your product. So they have programs for that. There's unique barcodes that are custom to the company that you can track. Um, There's things like lot tracking. So we can literally, if our product is being sold anywhere under map pricing online, I'll be able to do a test purchase, purchase the product in number 1 find out if it's authentic product and if it is authentic product who did we sell it to so that way we can cut off the bleed and talk with them and say hey you have a leak you're not supposed to be selling on Amazon what is happening there's just there's multiple things you can do by protecting your product up front it's very difficult to reverse it <laughs> yep. if that makes sense so it was really important for us to you know keep that under $10 pricing but not dip lower because the, our product is, there's components in it that make it a quality product. So it was important that we maintain that pricing structure. And that's really helped us for big box stores. We were Walmart, CVS, Home Depot, Lowe's, they, you know, they look at the brand, the brand's pricing. If we're consistent across the board, that is more enticing for a big box retailer to want to bring on that line mm-hmm. or that product. Yeah, They're not
1: having to compete with online pricing. Is there anything else that you've done to protect the brand in those early days? I haven't heard too many people talk about this so far on the show. So I'm interested to kind of like keep digging in on this piece.
0: Yeah. IP, trademarks, you know, even if you think you don't qualify for a patent, reach out, look for design patents, look for any type of protection that you can get on your product and build your case. Um, it's it, again, I, I will say it till I'm blue in the face. It's not a matter of, If it happens, it's a matter of when it happens. It's part of business and you have to, when you're going into business, you have to be prepared for that. If all of a sudden you're selling and you're having a successful model and somebody's knocking your price off by $5 and there's a steady speed and your customers are starting to go over to that brand, how do you fix that? Thinking proactively and in that mindset of protecting your brand right from the get-go is I think so important and missed a lot. Yeah, it's very enticing to take a really big PO from a big distributor who thinks they can blow this up. But what happens when that distributor sells it to 6,000 stores and all those stores have Amazon accounts and it's not selling because they don't know how to market it. Mm-hmm. And then they start discounting the product and now you have 6,000 stores and your pricing ranges at all price points. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a problem for brands. Yeah. So
1: do you give them guidelines on like you cannot discount it or if you do, it can only be by this?
0: Yes, so we have contracts. We actually have contracts with all of our big partners. I believe we have a threshold on the volume, so we don't do it for everybody because if they sell through and we catch it, we can just decide to not sell to them or mm-hmm. you know, let them know this is not acceptable um, at that time. But the big box stores, the bigger retailers, mass merchant, we definitely have contracts in place to protect us. The other thing that's important that kind of piggybacks off the brand protection program is at the retail level. What is your end game? What happens if the product doesn't sell through? Do you have a contract in place for that? Are they going to send back the inventory? Are they going to discount it? Are they going to dump it on their dot com? So making sure that you have the appropriate after the fact things too in place is really important that I think a lot of people don't think through.
1: Yeah. How do you see brands setting it up right now with retailers and what do you think they should be doing? Like, should they be asking for their inventory back so they can try again somewhere else or what do you... It's. I think it's a case-by-case basis. So for us, some of them will let them, uh, depending on the relationship and
0: knock on wood, we've been very fortunate to, to be able to support our retail partners with through. So we haven't run into this issue yet, but our plan would be either to it down in-store, Or take back the inventory, not to ever allow them to blitz it to a, you know, backdoor third party company who's going to get it all up on Amazon, not to destroy the product, um, because we would also take that back and donate it over it being destroyed. So um, yeah, I think it's unique for every store. Some stores they'll order weekly, you know, like where they're not overstocking the product where they're not going to have an issue with having to do markdown. So I think it's a little unique for each
1: store. Got it. So after you got the 10,000 orders sold very, very quickly, what did it look like after that? Was there a point when, you know, you were very focused on moms where you're like, let me expand to a different, you know, customer profile, or have you stayed focused on selling to moms this entire time?
0: So the funny thing that happened was actually, if, if you back up a little bit, right before I launched and I got that mom media hit, which took off, which proved, you know, proved my concept. I launched it into the male outdoorsman demographic. I thought this was a home run for them. I thought they were going to carry it with them. Yeah. Fishing, camping, hiking. And I got hit with a giant brick wall of skepticism. They mm-hmm. weren't even willing to listen to the science behind it. They weren't listen, willing to listen to the concept. I got told so much about there's a snake bite kit, which is not yeah. the same concept or science or same product as ours. We got hit with skepticism. That's what actually prompted me to create a 100% money back guarantee because I was just trying to get consumers to want to try the product, and I I knew it worked because I had enough feedback on a smaller level. So it didn't do well, and I could have quit at that point (laughs) um, because it was a really big wake up call when I was all in. But I stopped and I said, "What was working at those bake sales? What was working for me? Why were why was I so excited?" And my friends and family and I said. I had a tool now that I could help my child who was uncomfortable. (laughs) That was my demographic. And, you know, now that we're four years into this, now the male demographic is very, is starting to very much open up to the idea you know, but the, the moms take it, the cake all day long. Um, they're the ones who are purchasing for the family. They're setting their husbands off, you know, or spouses off with
1: things. So or convincing their husband, like, here, I'll just try exactly. it. Just because, try it. Or yeah. they're watching their
0: wives and children use it for, you know, years. And they're like, finally, okay. Cause I, and the only reason I can say that is because I get the re- the reviews and the testimonials that say stuff like that. So it's been interesting to watch the journey, the customer journey.
1: There's a stereotype of the average American worker whose life goes something like this. Go to work, come home, consume some kind of entertainment, go to sleep, lather, rinse, repeat. If you're listening to this ad, then I know that that life does not resonate with you. For the truly disruptive business leader, work doesn't stay at the office, and unwinding doesn't mean watching TV at night every single night. This is why we've created Mission Daily, a podcast that discusses the trends, habits, and ideas that thoughtful business people are contemplating every day. From quirky business opportunities to interesting investment ideas to the latest research in health and exercise and alternative medicine, and maybe even plant medicine. Who knows where we're gonna go, but Mission Daily covers it all. We're releasing new episodes every weekday. So join me, Stephanie Postles, and my co-host, Albert Chow, as we discuss the subjects, thoughts, and trends that business leaders think about but don't talk about publicly, that is. Break the status quo. Tune into Mission Daily wherever you listen to your podcasts. See you there. So then I know you also had an appearance on Shark Tank and I wanna hear all about that because it's fun thinking about, you know, you get this quick demand, you know, 10,000 units out and then thinking about you going to, you know, TV where you're gonna have quick demand again. So I wanna hear what was that experience like and how were you kind of prepping for it after what you had maybe seen when the 10,000 units sold out like in a day? (laughs) it was nuts. So pretty much I was
0: teaching myself social media marketing. I landed the PR, that that big news situation that made me blow through my inventory. And then at that point, I was really drilling in on the social media marketing. Again, when I got inventory back and I was starting to sell, um, that ended up catching the attention of a Shark Tank producer who then reached out via email and, and encouraged us to audition for the show. I was terrified. I flip-flopped at least a hundred times. I was not going to go on the show because I was doing well already on my own. And I was so terrified that if I went on the show and had that much, that many eyeballs and that much publicity all at once, that I was going to lose my baby or lose my business, or I, you know, a bigger dog was going to come and you know, take over and everything I had worked my tail off for was going to be gone. And in turn, what ended up happening was our community and that strong community that I had built not only gave me credibility when I went on the show, that after the show, all those people were so excited to continue to follow our journey and support. So I will emphasize till I'm blue in the face, building a community is so important when you're building a brand and not just looking at bottom dollar and bottom line. So anyway, back to the Shark Tank story. So I when we got the situation where we were able to go on the show, I needed my mom, <laughs> my mom's 30 I years experience. So essentially I, um, we had a long talk. She was living in Jacksonville at the time because I had quit working with her to, to pursue Bug Bite Think time. And I said, I, I really want to go on this journey with you. I, you're my mentor. You've, you've helped me and guided me this thus far. Sign mom, you know, in the company um, and we decided to go on Shark Tank together. She's still our president of the company. She's my sounding board, you know, and she's got that 30 years experience. So when I'm bringing fresh new ideas with data and social media and innovation, she's helping balance that other experience side. So anybody going into business, enlist in a mentor I will say that again. Or your mom. Or your mom, if she has that. I feel very blessed and lucky for that. But not everybody has a mom that's, you know, in business like that, especially that randomly aligns with the field that you're in. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, mom and I go on the show <laughs> and it was surreal. We studied so overprepared. Every question I was, you know, it was terrifying. I, I Shark Tank is so real. Um, it's just like a business meeting. I pretty sure I blacked out half of the time though, (laughs) because it was very, it's just, you're on shark tank and it's happening and they're in front of you and, um, you know, the adrenaline and the nerves and it's, it's hard, but it's for us, we were very fortunate. All five sharks were interested. We got offers from everybody. Wow. And then they all started going in with each other. So, um, and then Lori broke out her golden ticket. She gives one of those out once a season. She didn't give one out the season prior to us. Wait, what's a golden ticket? It's a little token, and it just says "golden ticket," and it's a it's a promise for a product that she thinks is going to be a home run that she's really excited about that she you know really wants to get behind. So that's cool. When she did that, you know, I had already gone in wanting Lori in my head in the background. Um, her demographic aligned perfectly with our brand and our product. And then when I heard that Lori was a mosquito magnet, I yep, you knew you have to understand, like my husband, he doesn't get bit by mosquitoes. We're literally standing in a room of 10 people and I'm getting all the bites. He doesn't get bit. So some people just don't react like some people. Lori's a mosquito magnet like myself. So she immediately related with the product, the brand. Um, and then again, when we showcase the testimonials and we showcase that we're the number one bestseller in Amazon for years that gives credibility. Um, I think, I think that helped. Yeah. So we ended up going with Lori (laughs) and, um, she's been phenomenal. I can speak the world of her. She's been a phenomenal mentor after shark tank aired, things obviously exploded. And so she really helped us kind of make that transition with that crazy growth. Again. Um, we renegotiated our contract with our factory After Shark Tank aired, because they were contacted a ton by a bunch of people wanting to sell Bug Bite Thing, but our factory obviously didn't own Bug Bite Thing. That's my brand. So essentially, we entered a partnership with them. They've converted their factory to Bug Bite Thing Europe. Wow. We only sell Bug Bite Things uh, out of the factory now. We have global distribution rights. So now they're our partner and we're working on making this mainstream um, globally. So she helped us with that. Um, Obviously, um, after Shark Tank aired, we were contacted by so many retailers, which I'm now finding out that's a little bit unique. And so we're in over 25,000 stores this year. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. That's huge. Still a little surreal (laughs) thinking about it. but um, So that happened after Shark Tank. And then we were fortunate enough. Even with a little bit of setback with COVID, because a lot of our retailers backed out because of the unknown in 2020, we ended up getting an update on Shark Tank, which was super exciting, um, and that happened April of this year. And that was just kind of showcasing the the retailers that jumped on board with us, and um, we launched in 25 countries this year. Nice. So uh, that's been really exciting, and you know, our goal is you know our consumers are so. so much a part of this journey. So, you know, they really love hearing and seeing and being a part of it. And their feedback is what is bringing on our next five products. You know, they wanted colors. They wanted a keychain hole that we just added. We've got our new black unit, our new pink unit. Um, We're working on some other really fun, you know, accessories and other, you know, products
1: that fit under this category. Wow. That's awesome. Expansion and growth and Yeah. Super cool to hear all about that. What's the best maybe piece of advice Lori's given you like throughout working with her this whole time, something that like sticks with you every day.
0: Lori is a fear. She's a firecracker. I love her so much. She doesn't let, for me, I think the biggest thing is the comfort of knowing that we can do it. She's so motivating and like, who's holding you back? Who says you can't do that? Who's, and just that, that cheerleader and that encouragement from somebody who's launched, you know, I think 600 products or something crazy and has that experience. I mean, she's got so much consumer goods experience and she's so in tune with the the consumer that that's how our whole business has been built is based off the consumer. So hearing her in the back of our ears, rooting for us saying, you guys have accomplished it. You're, you're living everybody's, you know, people's dreams. You're doing it. I think that's been the most impactful for me. Yeah just having your mentor give you credit. (laughs) That's why I stress. even, you know, if you don't have a Lori Grenier in your back pocket, find somebody that can help you, you know, because business is not for the faint of heart. It is so stressful. There's so many roller coasters. It's so up and down, you know, when you're a business owner, it doesn't turn off. You can't, you can't just say, oh, it's Sunday taking the full day off. If something yeah. happens with your business, you're stopping everything and you're still going to your business. It's like another child. So creating a balance, um, both for yourself, you know, self-care is so critical to keep going. The most successful people in this world, they can't do it without help, delegation, mentorship, education, continuously educate yourself. So all of those little things I think. She's instilled in the back of my head. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, that's great. I love that. So, when I mean, you're getting all these offers to go into retail now, which is crazy exciting. Are you also focusing big on digital still, like Amazon and new channels to explore, or is retail kind of taking over where you're like, well, might as well let the Walmarts of the world kind of like get the word out there? No, I'm hitting it just
0: as hard. So from the beginning, our model has always been about creating the demand. So I don't think I'll ever change from that. If our co- customers want a certain product, that's what we're going to create. It has nothing to do with the big box stores. If I can prove my concept and, co- and consumers want it, and I have that proof, it makes it much easier to... Pitch it to a, a big box store and say, "Hey guys, guess what? Here's my proof. Here's all the consumers talking about the product." So our focus has never been about that. It's been about how do I, how do I gather as much information from our consumer and do something with it? What actionable things can I do with it? What new colors can I launch? What new products do they want? What feedback are they giving me? Uh, what is the pushback? So really, really listening to your customers um, across the board, I feel like is so important. But by saying that, where I was going with that is follow your customers. So for example, social media has been really critical for our business. Half of our customers went from Facebook to TikTok. So what are we doing? We're shifting our strategy for TikTok heavy in 2022. So again, just follow and listen
1: to your customers. They kind
0: of tell you what they want.
1: (laughs) Yep. How are you encouraging so much feedback? Because I went and I looked at your guys. Amazon, I mean, all, everywhere I go, you have tons of reviews, very authentic, great ones. And you don't see many brands who have that many, I would say. So like, how do you go about encouraging your customers to give that to you in a way that you can go and present it to retailers and stuff? So we have a few different ways. I want to say it carefully because we don't
0: really push anything. The reviews come back because people discover the product for the first time and it's life changing. That I'll start by saying that our product is really, really unique and it's really helping people and helping their quality of life. So I think that's where you're seeing the authenticity. People don't think it's going to work. If you read the reviews, half of them say, I, there was no way I thought this was going to work. I was super skeptical, but it was $10. So i tried it anyway. And it was like life-changing. So that is the majority of the reviews if you read through them. But we encourage, you know, we use email marketing programs, Clavio, where we'll send automatic triggers that will encourage people if they liked our product to leave a review to help other people learn about it. But I really pride ourselves in our customer service. We were very personable with our customers. All of our customers get answered. We're there to help troubleshoot if people aren't um, using the product correctly, which even though it looks so simple, (laughs) nine out of 10 times the, the negative reviews that are coming through is because people are just, they don't know how to use it and they think they're using it right but there's actually a science. You want to use the product as soon as you notice the bite, not the next day. By helping our customers with our customer service team and really giving that one-on-one relationship with our customers, I think has really helped educate and tell, you know, when they use it right and it works, they're going to tell 10 more people about it because they want to also help people that are suffering. So I think the community was really important for us right from the get-go to focus on our customers so they could be our cheerleaders. The other thing that I think we really did differently, I launched Bug By Thing kind of at the same time the influencer craze took off. This was back like 2018, 2019. I enlisted influencers, a ton of them, micro influencers, people that were just normal people that wanted were starting or just getting their feet wet in this world. And I just wanted feedback. So it was almost like a, a test because I wanted feedback, but then they would get really excited and want to share the product with their followers because they genuinely thought their audience would be interested in it and they wanted to help. And I think we've, uh, you know, we have a whole custom influencer program that I'm finding out doesn't match almost anybody else's influencer program. Oh, really? Why? What What are y'all doing? We do <laughs> we do things in bulk. You know, our pro- it doesn't work with every brand, but our product is under $10. So we have the ability to be able to send out, you know, a vast amount of samples to influencers if they meet a certain criteria. So we focus on relationship building and micro influencers over major and celebrities because again, it's the community and our product, you know, it applies to everybody, an influencer, a celebrity. Uh, Have you seen the show Outer Banks on Netflix? Yes. One of my favorites. They were, the cast was using the product. They
1: posted a story like a month ago and they're all using the product on set. And I'm like, this is so amazing. Wow. Yeah. Cause they are in like the swamp areas. So that's what I'm saying. So I think it's
0: starting to catch on by itself anyway. And, but there's so much we need to do still. I have so many big plans and I think, every founder and entrepreneur has that in their head and you can only execute so fast and you have to keep things in the right order. So.
1: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's exciting. Also outer banks brings back. I haven't watched it in a while. Cause I think the season has been done. I think it's over. Yeah. That was like one of my favorite shows. Yeah. I thought it was the coolest
0: thing ever Fangirl moment. Cause I watched the whole, <laughs> all the seasons and I was like, Oh my goodness, they're using it. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh,
0: I still get, I, even when Lori posts, I'm like, Oh my gosh, she's, she just posted it on her pages about our pink unit. And, you know, when having Lori go on there and say, this is the best thing for mosquito bites and it's changing lives and it's chemical free. And it's like, it's, it feels good to, to keep pushing if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I also think it's smart that you all mail out a couple of them. I mean, I know when it came to us, My kids were playing with it. I was like, okay, where did the one go? I see the pink one, where's the black one? And it was pretty perfect because like when you get it right away, you might not need it. I was kind of like, okay, looking around, like, do I have any bug bites, anything to try on? Not yet. But then when I did with the kids, I was like, oh, thankfully I have more than one because Grayson lost the one. The other yeah. one I think is somewhere. And here's the third yeah. one. Thank goodness.
0: Most of our customers who try it, who are skeptical, they'll, we literally have data. they come back and buy multi-packs because they need one for every air. They're like eyeglasses. Keep one in your boat, keep one in your glove box. You know, I always tell people if you if you're out and about and you're stung by a bee or your child is stung by a bee, what do you do?
1: Yeah. Like,
0: what do you do? Your kid's screaming. You load them in the car, you run to CVS to go get some type of cream there. And then you deal with it for what, three days of pain and itching and swelling. It's like, now take the bug bite thing out of your bag, suck out the venom and let your kid go on with their day. And that's the feedback we're getting. So it's very, it's, it's hard to turn your eye when that's the consumer feedback. So I think that even when I was being told, no, this isn't going to work. No, no, no. It's like the customers on the other side with life-changing testimonials. And I think that's where I got stuck where I'm like, I have to listen to what they're telling me.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was your problem you were solving. And I think that's what's so nice about your company is like the best founders are the one who also had that problem and they're solving for it. So then you can have the confidence to be like, no, I know you're telling me no, but actually I am my own customer. So well, I I was just going to say
0: that I'm my, I'm probably my biggest own customer, my daughter too, you know, even still today, like this is going to sound hilarious. And I can't believe I'm saying this out loud, but like she's at school. She gets bit, she reacts so severely still. So that never went away, Mm -hmm. but she got bit by a red ant and she didn't use the bug bite thing right away. She waited until like 45 minutes later. She reacts really severe, like blisters, like almost like a water blister. And she didn't use it in time. Her foot swelled so bad. We couldn't even get a shoe on her. And it, you know, it, once it's past that point and she's in full blown reaction, the bug bite thing is not going to be effective on her. And, you know, we actually encourage don't use it if it's that swollen and inflamed until you get a fresh bite. So anyway, we dealt with that for two days. This was recent. And then she gets bit by another red ant about two weeks later, has the bug bite thing on the playground, uses it right away. No reaction. Same ant pile, same bug. Same ant pile, didn't learn. <laughs> and I'm like, Leah, you have to carry it. So even me as a mom, not even a business owner, I'm still educating and saying, you know, and she, she goes, mom, I learned my lesson. <laughs> so we have so much educating to do. And it's, you know, it's my goal and it's my passion now to bring awareness to bug bites and bring awareness behind to the science behind it and offer solutions that are safe for your family that that are chemical free that really can help ease the quality of life for us that are mosquito bite
1: sufferers. Yeah, because it's a no joke. Yeah, I was thinking it needs a little clip to put on like my kid's backpack or like his pants so I can just like send him yeah. with it every day. <laughs> well, we're working on a line of keychains, but essentially that's what we made this little hole for, so you okay. can literally pop it on a keychain,
0: throw it mm-hmm. on their backpack, and they're yep. good to go. Um, so they always have it around. That's
1: perfect. So, okay, you were talking about how you know there's. Bunch of things on the horizon that you want to work on. You're super excited. What are a few of the biggest bets you're taking or the biggest ideas that you're excited that might play out over the next like one to two years?
0: Yeah, so definitely more colors. We have some tricks up our sleeve. Uh, If you follow our social media accounts, uh, beginning of January, there's going to be an announcement that involves our customers and gets them involved in our process. Cool. So stuff like that. And like I said, we're really being particular of what products we want to bring on on under our brand and our line. Um, we have a great opportunity with our platform and Shark Tank to really help and make an impact. So I want to get more involved with the American Mosquito Association, fundraisers where we can, um, you know, possibly do exclusive colors for them to do give backs. And then again, like I said, any products that we're working on that fit under this realm we want to bring in. Um, and a big part of this is going to be education. I had mentioned earlier, we're shifting a lot of our strategy to TikTok. I want to be able to showcase that. What are we doing live? Almost like a a really exclusive behind the scenes of our brand and what we're doing. That's unique. Um, I've, I've been a huge believer. There's not a one size fits all in business every business is unique. Their customers are different. Their products are different. Their vision is different. So why not share with people that are starting off little snippets of our behind the scenes? Um, I'm also launching a Kelly Higney. I launched my Kelly Higney Entrepreneur page. So then I can also show how do you deal with running a successful business as a mom? Because I think there's a lot of I get a lot of emails and a lot of feedback, like, how do you do it all? How do you still have that balance of juggling being a good mom and running a business and and loving them both? And I do things different. I I have a huge community of my team here at the office and home, and and we're all in this together and you can't do it by yourself. And bringing in like-minded entrepreneurs into our organization has been um, really monumental for us people that are willing to think outside the box and not follow industry standards or trends all the time, use them as guidelines and then figure out what works that's unique and custom to our business. So I think that's
1: really helped us. I love that. That's great. I had a TikTok idea for you. Yeah. If you had a clear bug bite thing and then yeah. as you pulled it out, you could see the venom, the venom like, coming squirting out. through the air, slow motion. I love it. I'm jotting it down. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm like, everyone loves a good like pimple video. That's gross. I know. Why not actually show something that's like cool, like venom coming out?
0: You know what's crazy? So we didn't realize even when we started this, just the suction alone, we have children who have sensory disorders where their parents are like writing in saying they'll sit here and just do this all day. And that's, that helps them focus and that helps them. And then on the other side, we have people who discovered that this is an amazing tool at pulling out splinters. Yeah. I actually tried that with a splinter. Yeah. (laughs) Instead of children being terrified of tweezers, it's like here, they're already using the bug bite thing, flip the cap around to the smaller area and then use it on your finger. And it brings the splinter right up to the surface. So we're constantly finding new uses for it. And again, listening to our customers has given us the playbook of what they want.
1: I love that. All right, let's shift over to the lightning round. The lightning is brought to you by Salesforce Commerce Cloud. This is where I ask a question and you have a minute or less to answer. Oh boy. Are you ready? I'm ready. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> All right, the first one, what's one thing that you don't understand today, but wish you did? I really want to get more in depth with our international business. Um, my
0: mom has a lot of experience in international distribution. That was her business model for 30 years. This is new to me. And because we have such an interest overseas, every country acts very differently. There's different laws and rules and regulations and approvals. So I've been working really hard at educating myself on that subject matter to really take bug by thing to the next level on that global scale.
1: That's cool. And you guys are already in like one of the hardest areas in Europe. So I feel like your standards are already way higher than probably a lot of others. (laughs) Yes. I, yes. Yeah. But I, I think there's always room for improvement.
0: I will recommend the, the app Blinkist. I live by that app. It's, it's like cliff notes for business Blinkist. It's literally like a bunch of business books and they're the short version for people that don't have time to read a whole book and they want to
1: continuously educate themselves on certain subject matter. I love Blinkist, great tool. Mm, That's great. Okay, that takes my next question. So I was going to ask, what's an e-commerce tool or a piece of tech you're most excited about? So outside of Blinkist, what else are you most excited to be using day-to-day in the business?
0: We're right about to launch an ERP which is going to, I think, really, I mean, we were running our business out of QuickBooks at this level. So bringing everything with an ERP, I think we're using SAP to bring all the inventory and the accounting and it brings us to that next level of infrastructure. I'm really excited that the departments will be able to communicate with each other better and the data will be seamless and we'll have better visibility. That was a big investment for us this year. So I'm excited about that (laughs) for our brand.
1: That's a great one. If you were to have a podcast, what would it be about? And who would your first guest be? That's a good question. I
0: think my podcast would have to do with entrepreneurship and it would have to do maybe with people that started grassroots. You know, it's personal for me. I started with nothing, I sold my house to invest in inventory. That's a huge risk. People thought I was crazy. <laughs> I did it in a smart way because I wasn't going to, you know, jeopardize everything we had worked for our entire lives to launch a business. So I had a nest egg, but in in order to launch it the proper way and go all in, we had to sell the house. I wasn't going to be on the hook for the mortgage if, and my family's livelihood if this didn't take off. So I think there's not enough resources, like how do you do it? If you want to go the grassroots round and you don't have a lot of funding to invest, you know, in anything, how do you market? How do you uh, reach out to the community? How do you use your own local resources? Um, There's a lot of them out there that are willing to, to help root for you. There's farmers markets, there's bake sales, there's your local news station. I remember after the CBS 12 news, I I started grinding. I'm like, okay, if CBS 12 news was going to feature me, I need to contact every news station I can so they can learn about our brand and our product. So I started reaching out and sending tips. Did it work? (laughs) It totally worked. Um, I landed like two more people that ended up coming out to the house. One was the rental. One was my other house that we had moved in temporary. So I would bring more awareness around that because I didn't know, you know, I felt lucky to have a mentor like my mom, but she doesn't have any experience in e-commerce business. That's her distribution is a totally different model. So, um, how do you do things with no money (laughs) at a low budget? And if you have big goals and big dreams, um, I would want to talk to people who've made it and try to gather all those little snippets and, you know, understand how it worked.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. That, that would be a uh, very successful show. So great idea.
0: Well, I think there's an interest. I think what I'm learning now after I launched my Kelly Higney Entrepreneur Pages is there's so much interest of how did you do it? How do you get verified? How do what criteria are they looking for? What, what are good benchmarks? (laughs) I mean, I was putting $10 a day in ad spend and reinvesting it back in like, but I didn't know, you know, you have to learn along the way. So when you're not getting funding at the beginning or you're not going that route and you don't have endless amounts to launch a new concept or a new product, it would be great to hear more feedback on
1: that. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, Kelly, thanks so much for joining me today here and sharing all your stories and advice. It's been really awesome. Your product's awesome. Thank you. So yeah, thank you very much. Where can people find out more about you and Bug Bite Thing?
0: Sure. Um, You can follow our story on our social media pages. It's Bug Bite Thing or some behind the scenes with me and my journey at Kelly Higney CEO kelly spelled k-e-l-l-e-y thanks mom (laughs) um website to find our product they make phenomenal stocking steppers we just launched our new pink unit it's a great gift uh, under ten dollar gift for anybody that enjoys the outdoors and doesn't enjoy bug bites and yeah follow us i I appreciate everybody all my customers all the people following our journey Um, it's just been incredible so
1: amazing yeah thanks so much